DNA illegally taken from migrant workers has been destroyed. Child in the custody of Saskatchewan subjected to full body restraint five times. Canada exports a lot of paper to India, but with one problem, it's full of plastics. And 3M settles massive lawsuit over quote unquote forever chemicals found in water. Good morning. It's Monday, June 26th. I'm Nora and here are your headlines. First up, news from the group Justicia for Migrant Workers. The OPP and the Ministry of the Solicitor General of Ontario have destroyed DNA profiles from 96 migrant farm workers. They were predominantly Jamaican and from Trinidad and Tobago. The profiles were illegally obtained, says Justicia for Migrant Workers, during a DNA sweep near the community of Bayham, Ontario. The workers all worked through the Seasonal Agricultural Worker Program. Back in August 2022, the Human Rights Tribunal of Ontario ruled that the OPP had racially discriminated against the migrants during their sweep. They were looking for a suspect, and despite having a description of the suspect, they took samples from everyone, even if the worker had an alibi or didn't match the suspect's description. Justitia says that they accessed the workers through their employer. The OPP has also had to seal the investigative file and develop a policy to deal with DNA sweeps. Each of the 54 workers who are part of the human rights claim against the OPP will receive $7,500 in damages. The press release lists the broader demands of Justitia, and I think it's really important to read them. Quote, this is a historic and precedent setting victory in the larger struggle against both racist and racialized policing. It also draws attention to the fact that much work remains at the federal level. J4MW reiterates our longstanding demands for permanent status on arrival for migrant farm workers, an end to unilateral repatriations and disbarment and equal access to entitlements such as EI and CPP. At the provincial level, ensure that all agricultural workers are provided with full protections under provincial workplace legislation, including the right to health care, the right to unionize, and enforcement of occupational health and safety protections. Next, to a disturbing story from Jorge Barrera, Joseph Loriero, and Michelle Allen with the CBC. Matthew Michel was being held in the youth jail in Regina. He was wearing something called the wrap. The wrap is a full body restraint that straps around his torso, legs, and ankles. A shoulder harness keeps his body in a near 45-degree angle sitting forward. His hands were cuffed behind his back, and he had a motorcycle helmet placed on his head for a lot of the restraint. He spent more than three hours in this torture device begging for the police to kill him. Matthew was just 15 years old. CBC News obtained video of Matthew being forced into the device. The video is from August 2010, and the province says that the use of the wrap was quote-unquote appropriate. They didn't just get video of Matthew, though. They got videos that showed 10 incidents where the wrap was used in Saskatchewan facilities on young offenders between the years 2009 and 2012. But five of those 10 incidents, they say, involved Matthew. 
both at the Paul Dojak Youth Center in Regina and at Kilburn Hall Youth Center in Saskatoon. Saskatchewan, Manitoba and New Brunswick allow for the wrap to be used on incarcerated youth. In Saskatchewan, it isn't supposed to be used for more than one hour. All three provinces, plus Newfoundland and Labrador in British Columbia, authorize its use on adults. Newfoundland and Labrador used it 40 times from April 2022 to March 2023. Manitoba used it 11 times on youth between 2018 and 2023. New Brunswick said that they didn't use it at all on youth between 2019 and 2023. Saskatchewan said that they don't track how many times they use the rap. You should read the investigation. It's very in-depth, and it talks about Matthew and his life and his circumstances that surrounded his incarcerations, and it'll make you angry. There have been at least five police-related custody deaths in California as a result of using the rap. The device was invented by a California-based company and sold to law enforcement as a restraint for individuals who are acting dangerously. It's supposed to be used as an alternative to pepper spray, a taser, or pinning someone's face to the ground. Next, to another CBC investigation. This one is from Pratyush Dial and dives into the world of paper recycling and exports. Canada, reports Dial, is one of the biggest exporters of recyclable paper to India, but the paper is often contaminated with plastic. Paper mills in Muzaffarnagar, which is three hours north of Delhi, receive about 20,000 tons of paper from imports per month from Canada. There are 30 paper mills there that reuse the imported paper, except that, quote, Canadian imports often exceeds the 2% contamination limit permitted by the Indian regulations, with some bales stuffed with huge quantities of hard-to-recycle plastic items like water bottles, packaging containers, and courier packaging, unquote. When asked by Dial, Environment and Climate Change Canada said that they knew exporters were sending mixed paper to India that had plastic waste, glass, and textiles in them. Canada exported 255,000 tons of waste paper to India in 2022. Because of lax oversights, the community of paper mills has to absorb the waste that Canada sends them. Landfills are, quote, piling up with plastic, unquote, and low-caste women workers work for 3 to $4 a day separating non-paper packaging from the paper. The work is done without safety gear or gloves, reports Dial. This is from the article, quote, for Canadian companies, it's easier and cheaper to send trash to developing countries than recycling paper and plastics at home, said Abhishek Argawal, who's one of the managing directors of a mill. The article continues, ECCC, the Ministry of Climate Change and the Environment, said that there's more of an international market for mixed papers as many facilities within Canada cannot process large volumes domestically, unquote. Kind of annoyingly, the article finishes by reminding Canadians to separate their paper and plastic. I wasn't sure who the companies were who were responsible for this and what kind of regulations Canada needs to create or enforce to stop them from sending non-paper waste to India. Nor was I clear about why Canada doesn't have these industries. That seems like something that makes more sense than shipping our garbage to the other side of the world. And finally, 3M has been ordered to pay at least $10.3 billion over contamination lawsuits related to many U.S. public drinking systems. The money is going to compensate waterworks companies for having to deal with a chemical compound called polyfluoralkyl in their water systems. Polyfluoralkyl is also known as PFAS, and under the umbrella of PFAS chemicals, there are a lot of commonly used non-stick and grease-resistant products like clothing and cookware, reports the Associated Press. 
3M says they'll stop producing PFAS materials by the end of 2025. This settlement is the result of a claim by one of the 300 or so communities that have also filed suits against 3M over a firefighting foam that 3M produced that contaminated their water. DuPont and two of its spinoff companies, Shimur and Corteva, have also recently settled over PFAS contamination lawsuits. That settlement cost $1.18 billion and is also related to the firefighting foam that many places used. The foam was initially developed in the 1960s to fight fires that are fueled by jet fuel. Any new PFAS being developed in Canada must be reported to the federal government. The government is seeking input to develop a PFAS report in the next two years. So if you have something to say about these forever chemicals, now is your time. Those are your headlines for Monday, June 26th. I'm Nora, and I hope you have a great Monday. I hope you have a great week. And I know for a lot of you, it's going to be a shortened week. So get that work in. I'll talk to you tomorrow.